Hey book friends, this is Corey. Thanks for listening along as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone and explore genres we might typically overlook or avoid. In each episode, we discuss a randomly selected genre. We will be sharing our reading experience and a brief review of the books we recommended to each other from the previous episode. Also a heads up, so that we can have a rich and in-depth conversation or maybe spoilers about the books we are discussing. All right, let's get started. This is Season 2, Episode 10. Today we are discussing two books in honor of Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, and we have two fiction books to discuss. As we also continue with the Modern Mrs. Darcy Reading Challenge, these books are for the category of books by an author of a different race, ethnicity, or religion than your own. So we're going to catch up first, and then we'll talk about tea before we get into our books. How's it going? It's going pretty good. I'm just, as I was telling you earlier, kind of in a weird limbo between not being quite done with my uh, college teaching contract, so kind of in special project land, and uh, picking up more hours at the bookstore, but just kind of having a really weird erratic schedule, which is not quite jiving for me yet. But I picked up a spring tennis league. I did that for the first time yesterday. Fried my shoulders. Oops. (laughs) But it was fun. I love tennis so much. Yeah. I just love it so much. (laughs) Anyway, so it makes me happy that for the next four or five weeks, I get to play twice a week. Totally. Yeah. I guess that's the highlights, the lowlights. I have an ever-growing TBR list. (laughs) That just will never end. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Ever. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Technical difficulties. Don't mind us. Okay. How about you? So I'm getting ready to go to Europe on Saturday. (gasps) By the time this comes out, I'll be back from Europe, but I'm still excited to be going. How fun. Um, We're going to Belgium, Holland, France, and Luxembourg. Mm. And we have everything relatively planned out so we don't have to do any last-minute bookings or figuring things out. So that's nice. And you're bringing me back some Belgian chocolate, right? Maybe, unless I eat it all. (laughs) (laughs) I should give you some money. That's what I will do. So then you'll be obligated. Totally. I'll I don't even it. know what is Belgium chocolate. Belgian chocolate? Yeah. They're like, that's why you go to Belgium. Chocolate, French fries, and beer. And waffles. And waffles. Is it just any type of Belgian chocolate that you well, can't find here in the States? Well, I was going to say, don't buy me Godiva. So buy that <laughs> Isn't that Switzerland? No, that's Belgian. Oh, is mm, really? We'll have to look it up. Yeah. But or maybe it's Tullabarone or Oh, that's Swiss. Yeah. Okay. Tullabarone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll find you something special. Yay! Well, <laughs> I'll I'm make excited. a note. <laughs> I've only been to France. Out of those, I've only done France. Yeah. So in my world, we our big big booking was a flight home to Indiana. So Ooh. I know. Big excitement. <laughs> <laughs> Get to see the fam fam. <laughs> That's good too though. No, it'll be great. Yeah. So but yeah. there yeah, that was that was where our good chug of our travel just went. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but yes. So. so that'll be our my June. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, but I am going to San Francisco at the end of May for a conference. Ooh, fun. So. What conference? Uh, it's called On Course. It's about uh, it's about helping to it gives skills in teaching students non cognitive skills. Oh, is yeah. NAU paying for that? They are nice. Yeah. Even though you're not working, right? So they just are paying you to work. Well, they're just paying for the conference. Oh, okay. So my time is my own, but that's okay. Party it up. Eat some clam chowder. Probably. Eat some sourdough. Yeah, I'll have like a day and a- it was actually cheaper to fly out like three days after the conference ended so i will 
I will actually get to poke around for about a day and a half in San Fran, which I just adore. It's my yeah. favorite city in the world. Go to so. Apple Store Books and find us cool books. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. where I got my giant Jane Austen collection. Okay. And it has like gold I rim on about it. Apple and Store and books. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, Yay, books. You must go. <laughs> yes, ma'am. All right. So, tea. Tea, yeah, enough about our travel plans. <laughs> People are like, well, what are you going to record? What are, you, what are you actually talking about today? Yeah. So, I and Corey, I believe, are huge fans of Plum Deluxe, and I just recently signed up for their monthly tea club, which is $10 a month, and you get a one-ounce bag of tea, which usually gives you about 15 to 20 cups of tea, which is mm-hmm. what they say. I don't know if I believe that or not. Mm-hmm. Because I don't re-steep. So maybe it's just you have to re-steep. Well, but it's probably, what, a teaspoon? Yeah. I bet there's... Yeah, probably. You're probably right. Yeah. Um, I think... I, I, I know I sometimes I, like, look at a, a teaspoon and I'm like... That is not enough. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, totally. I think I'm more of a tablespoon tea person than a teaspoon. Yeah, but I re-steep. We were just having this debate about re-steeping. Listeners, what do you do? Do you believe in re-steeping? Yeah, tell me your things. I I steep my... Well, first of all, I'm really bad. Like, if I do a tea in my travel mug, Uh I leave my tea bag in there the whole day, which I know is really bad. I do that, too. Okay. Only on certain teas, though. Yeah. Like the Trader Joe's fall blend, Mm. it just gets better and better. So, and I know often they're like, no, you shouldn't do that. But I, I, I'll re-steep some teas a couple different times. Yeah. Um, and I, the flavor gets lighter and lighter, but right. I don't necessarily mind that either. Yeah. So, so, I don't know. Tea Club, Plum Deluxe Tea Club, pretty groovy. They send you a package every month. And this month's special blend is Orange Blossom Black Tea to celebrate the spring. And it has, it's a black tea and it has orange peel, apple pieces, orange essence, and some Erica flowers. And uh, I tried this about two weeks ago and really loved it because I thought it tasted like an orange sickle. Mm-hmm. But Corey doesn't I, taste the orange. I don't. But, you know, honestly, that's okay. When you said orange sickle, I, I didn't want to say it. Uh. I just kind of a turn off. <laughs> oh, shucks. Um, I mean, it's just a nice black tea to me. I mean, there's kind of a light florally flavor in the background that I... I guess I'm kind of like, oh, I guess maybe that's orange blossom, but yeah, I, I, it's enjoyable. I don't know that I get the orange sickle though, but that's okay. I get the orange sickle. Yeah. I did add a little milk and honey and that did change the flavor profile some for me. Yeah. But, same here. So, so their tea is great. You can go to plumdeluxe.com and if you use our code of books and tea, is it books and tea or is it books and tea podcast? I think it's books and tea podcast. Books we'll and tea podcast. You can get 10% off your order mm-hmm. and they have a lovely variety and they change out the batches all the time because they hand blend everything. So you usually mm-hmm. can't get the same tea twice if you wait too mm-hmm. long of a period. Yeah. And I think a lot of their stuff is seasonal as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks Andy and your Plum Deluxe yeah. tea team. And speaking of Plum Deluxe, we now have... Our own teas. Yeah. Uh-huh. We have a, an herbal green rooibos blend, which is has mint. citrus and mint. and Lemongrass. Lemongrass. It's kind of the bomb. It's my new favorite tea, actually. I drink it all <laughs> the time. And it's because it's um, caffeine-free. You yep. can get any time. Yep. Yeah, green rooibos is like my new jam. Yeah, it is really good. That and awesome. 
teas are my new jam. I'm learning so much. I know. That's a nice thing about the podcast. <laughs> and then we have our other one is a... Vanilla cinnamon black tea. Vis- yeah, vanilla cinnamon black tea, which again... It's also delicious. Yeah. Very... It's not overpowering with the flavoring of yeah. the vanilla and cinnamon. It's just a really nice balance with the black. So we are still figuring out the best way to let you all buy tea from us, but this is kind of a fundraiser. So we want to put a bug in your ear that... Um, we know we're paying up front for a, a gigantic bat box of tea <laughs> that, that Andy very kindly helped us. Uh, he did all sorts of blends for us that we get any sent us samples for us to taste. And, um, so we're hoping that our listeners who we know are tea lovers as well will want to buy tea from us. And of course, if you're local, um, you know, no shipping and handling, we can even hand deliver it with a hug and a thank you. Exactly. Um, and of course, our listeners from far away, we will mail it to you. But uh, we're hoping we're going to mark it up a little bit from what we paid for it because we're hoping that it'll pay for our operating costs. Yeah. And we do this out of love and see it as a hobby, and we don't mind investing a little bit of money in it. But we would love to at least maybe break even and yeah. you know pay for our site and maybe be able to buy a couple books here and there totally. um, when we, the library doesn't have them or we want to keep them for ourselves or for giveaways and all the things. So. Yep. Um, be thinking about that. We would love to get your support and for you to buy some yummy tea from us. That's Plum Deluxe special blended for us with our own labels and everything. Yep. Yeah. And I think it's our like technically one year anniversary. Oh gosh. I mean, we started recording and planning all of this in April of last year. So happy one year anniversary, friend. (gasps) Oh, we've come so far. (laughs) I've gone back and listened to the first one and I was like, oh man. (laughs) Hot mess. Hot mess. (laughs) I think we said that in every episode as well. So yeah. Well, we're just keeping it going. Yeah. But and I got us new. Oh, so happy anniversary! It's our anniversary (laughs) mugs. They're of squirrels, and they say bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and they're adorable. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Oh, we have matching mugs now. Because we couldn't get any more corny. <laughs> we also are wearing relatively matchy Birkenstocks. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we have relatively matching watches. Yeah. We're all over the place. We're just we, we may not always match in our book taste, but we're twinsies <laughs> and so many other things. And speaking of books. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your book first, or do you want to talk about my book first? Well, first I want to talk about Asian Pacific American oh, right. Heritage yeah. Month. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. Yeah, good segue, huh? Yep. Okay, so I did a little research, um, per use, and learned some cool stuff that I didn't know. Uh, so Asian Pacific American Heritage Month happens every May. Uh, we're seeing, I think we're still an episode off, so you may yeah. get this in the beginning of June. But Maybe we should reorganize. Yeah, maybe we need to. Anyways, uh, and we'll have a link on their page. So there is a there is a website, AsianPacificHeritage.gov, and it's sponsored by a bunch of different places like the Smithsonian and whatnot. And it has a really nice, actually, online exhibit that connects to my uh, book selection about the order that was issued after the bombing of Pearl Harbor and all of the Japanese nationals and Japanese American citizens that were placed into prison camps across the country. So that's kind of a cool, not well, that, that itself is not cool, but it's a really <laughs> nice exhibit. Uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting was what encompasses Asian Pacific. And so it encompasses... All of the Asian continents, as well as all the Pacific Islands. So, and I learned new words. Melanesia. Mm. I know. That includes like Fiji, New Guinea, New Caledonia, Micronesia, 
So that's like Guam, Palau, Marshall Islands, Micronesia, <laughs> Polynesian. So New Zealand is actually considered part of Asian Pacific. Oh. And Hawaii, which I was kind of like, duh, Corey, of course Hawaii is. Right. But, uh, so yeah, it's a huge, it covers a huge, huge, huge range of cultures. And um, I'm actually prepping the bookstore for our May display of Asian American Pacific nice. Heritage Month. That's awesome. So that's been kind of fun to kind of figure out what books we have in stock and supplement with a few things here and there. But it's a fairly recent one. So it, it like most Heritage Months, it originated in Congress. It was proposed in 1977. Hmm. Didn't pass. Hmm. Then Jimmy Carter, it passed in 1978, was signed by Jimmy Carter, and began in 1979. So it took two years. Oh, wow. And it started out as a week. And then they passed a, a new resolution slash public law in 1992, so not very long ago. Yeah. That made it a whole month. And of course, uh, oh, and here's the most fun fact that I had about all of it. May was selected because it commemorates the immigration of the first Japanese to the United States on May 7th, 1843. Oh. I found it fascinating. I mean, I guess I was like, oh, immigration uh, right. documents. I was like, how did they know when the first right. Japanese? <laughs> I mean, maybe there were some, you know, ones that were not documented, but whatever. And it also to mark the anniversary of the completion of the Transcontinental Railroad that happened on May 10th, 1869. And of course, if you know anything about our railroad, it was mainly built by Chinese immigrants. Yep. So, yeah, um, a very fascinating part of our culture that... I think is, uh, you know, that I enjoy exploring. I don't read as much in this genre, in this genre, as far as authors and topics. But when I do, I'm always like, why don't I read more? Cause yeah. it's so amazing. Mm -hmm. I learn so much. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So that is why we're talking about these books today. Um, do you want to talk about your book first? Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> which Carrie already admitted something to before we started recording which I was actually surprised by but Carrie do you want to tell our readers how far did you get in the book so I got to oh you got pretty oh you didn't get very far at all 166 pages stop it dude it took me like two hours to read five pages the the what? language is dense stop it the only exciting thing was like the little lesbian experience that they had <laughs> Which I don't remember from the first time I read it. And the second time I was like, oh, oh. They were totally setting it up. Like, Well, I know, but I just, I guess. This I, is your for person forever and you're going to sleep in the same bed together. And yeah. yeah. So this book is The Snowflower and the Secret Fan by. Lisa C. Lisa C. Who I love all her books, actually. I've read everything she's put out. I think this is the first book I've ever. No, yeah. I read the Bumblebee one. Didn't she write one about bumblebees? Mm -mm. There's a bumblebee one, I swear. Mm -mm. I swear. Mm -mm. Okay, well then maybe this is the first book I've <laughs> ever heard. Well, I've read all of them, but her most recent one, which is called The Tea Girl of Hummingbird Lane. No, that's not it. There's okay. one that has a bumblebee on it. Is there not? No. Dang it. Sorry. Anyway. Anyways. So this is the first book I've ever read from her. Yeah. And her family actually comes from China. Mm-hmm. Um... And this book follows Lily and her very intense, filled family drama of women are not, daughters aren't really wanted and mm -hmm. sons are where it's at. And she... You should tell them what year this is placed in, so context-wise. Oh, you're giving me a look. It's like the late, late 1800s, like 1843 or something. It doesn't say. 19th century China is what my book says. Oh, 1823 was when Lily was born. Okay, there you go. 
So, uh, pretty old and the, it kind of documents, at least as far as I got, it documents Lily's experience of being a woman. She kind of doesn't follow the stereotypical role of feet binding until a later date. Like she, Even in that in itself, man, that just... Dude, I googled that. That is insane. Right? Like Seven centimeters. Like, think about that, people. I like, just can't. And the fact that you're breaking your bones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, me I don't know why I Googled it. I, I should have not Googled it. But oh, did I you would, Google images? Yeah. Oh, see, I was tempted. And I was like, no, I don't want to see that. I got enough of a visual just from reading the description. Well, I mean, I got a visual, but I kind of wanted to be like, well, how do like, how does that look? And then it's like a, basically a half O is what your foot gets made out of. Mm-hmm. Um. So that was horrifying and she has a relationship with snowflower Mm -hmm. who is supposedly this high prestigious family and lily doesn't really lily comes to find out once lily is married that snowflower's family is kind of in fallen from grace yeah and his her dad is addicted to opio opioids yeah um and that's kind of where i stopped like was mm. when snowflower came or when lily came to snowflower's house oh um and i just couldn't it was just taking too long like it wasn't captivating enough and it wasn't <sighs> the language wasn't flowing for me fast enough to get mm-hmm. through it like it felt painful to read it wow yeah i which is disappointing because i got mm-hmm. really good reviews on mm-hmm. goodreads and i i it ate up the hotel of bitter and sweet. Like mm, yeah. that one went by really quickly, but this one, I just, huh. I don't know if it, I, I, yeah, I think it was just the way it was written and the fact that it, nothing really exciting happens in the first time. <laughs> like it's not filled with high drama. It's like subtle, oh, like so grandma missed, died. Oh, you you haven't gotten to the high drama part. <laughs> oh no, there, they have to. So this is, this is pre-communist China. Right. And but part of the storyline is that the radicals are starting to uprise, and so later in the story, not long after there, um, uh, Lily is visiting Snowflower at her home, and um, they have to run to the hills, to the mountains. Like the entire town runs away into the mountains in the middle of the winter, and like millions of people die. And oh Jesus! And they have to like walk. On their little... Oh, my God. See, I don't want to read that. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's all sorts of drama between the two of them, and... Oh, man. So there's, like... (sighs) I should have just skipped to 162 and just picked it up from there. Mm. Well, maybe keep working your way through it. Yeah, maybe I will. So this was my second read of it, um, and maybe that helped. I don't know. I mean, I picked it up and put it up and down a few... Probably over a course of a week, week and a half, but I... I've been reading this for, like... A month. Wow. Well, and I just, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I really get sucked into the cultural bits of this. Like, this is really well researched. Like, the whole idea of the secret language that right. between the women and the fans. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, that's one of the things I really like about Lisa C. is she really is a good historical fiction writer, especially about the experiences of um, Chinese women. And I just, and some of her other books cover, so one of them, I forget if it's, I think it's China Dolls. They come over and uh, it's about being on Angel Island, which is where a lot of 
Chinese and Japanese immigrants were held when they didn't want to let them into the United States. Mm. And it's outside of San Francisco. You can go visit it now. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like, again, like a prison camp. Like if you came over illegally, they would stick you there. And you oh, could Angel live. Island. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. That took a second for me to click. And another one talks about like the rise of Chinatown in Los Angeles. And um, so, so this is probably her, like those kind of cover more modern and by modern, I mean, I guess really like the 19, early 1900s. And this one is a lot older, but I just, uh, yeah, I, oh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's really well written and researched and I love the language and um, it's such a sad story too. I, I mean, she, you know, basically their their old same relationship falls apart, mm. and it's not until Snowflower's dying um, that she realizes that she'd made all these assumptions that were incorrect, and so that Lily made all these assumptions. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And kind of how they were reversed in that Lily came from this peasant family right. and then married into the Lord's family and became like the wealthy woman of the village. And then Snowflower married a butcher, which was right. considered terrible yeah. and, you know, had a really rough life and died poor. And um, yeah, and but they kind of came back together at the end. And I just thought it was interesting. I don't know. I It was just an interesting read for me as far as female friendships in such an oppressive society for women and yeah. how they still found ways to find fulfillment and love and happiness um, mm-hmm. even when the odds were kind of stacked against them. Yeah. I just can't, I, you know, when I read things like this, I'm always like, what would it feel like to be told from the time you were born that you were useless and just a waste of resources and that you had no agency of your own? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, they'd outright tell these little girls that. Yeah. I mean, I've had a similar experience of like my stepdad was, you know, constantly told me that I had some sort of learning disability and was like on the Mm. spectrum. So I know how like defeating that is and to Mm. have it throughout the whole lifetime of just Mm -hmm. because it's your gender. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would be strong enough to deal with that Mm -hmm. and, um, have to do what they had to do in order to get the prestige. And even Mm -hmm. when they married up, it's not like they were, yeah, you know, they were a guest or a servant in their Mm -hmm. husband's home. You Mm -hmm. know, it wasn't like they moved up in the world just because their feet were perfect and they married this prestigious family. They were actually considered even lower than they were when they were at their Mm -hmm. home. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was a horribly depressing book, at least the 162 pages that I've read. See, I don't find it necessarily depressing. I find it hard. Like, I mean, but there's, I feel like there's uplifting parts and I don't know. I, I, I give it a thumbs up. Again, it was my second read. So I will say this is a book that I already owned. And at this point I've moved so much, I don't hold on to a lot of my books. So the fact that it was still sitting on my bookshelf told me that it was one that I really valued and enjoyed before. And I didn't mind reading it again. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 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 All right. Our tastes. Yep. Divergent. <laughs> when are we going to agree on books again? <laughs> I have no idea. So, it's yeah. like a mystery of... <laughs> we don't even do this on purpose to make it entertaining. It's true. It's just... It we just don't happens. even talk about books. I mean, we try very hard not to talk about books mm-hmm. when we see each other. Yeah. I try and, and ignore when Curious made ratings for books on Goodreads. And- I know. I think, but I think we rated that book the same. 
the hotel of bitter, on bitter oh, did um, we? on on the corner of bitter and sweet. sweet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to that one here in a second. Yeah. Let's talk about our sponsor. All right. Well, today's sponsor is Prep Dish. So, Carrie, I know you love to cook, but with summer coming, wouldn't you like to spend less time in the kitchen and more time outside in the sunshine reading books? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I do not want to turn on my oven ever. (laughs) You're like, no brainer, girl. (laughs) Well, so that's my my little nifty segue into why Prep Dish is awesome. Um, We've talked about Prep Dish before as a sponsor, but what's really nice about them is that they pre-plan out a whole week of menu, a, a menus, a week's worth of menus for you. And you prep most of it on one day. And then you just have a little bit of um, heating up and cooking and prep to do on a daily basis. And I've certainly, as I've talked about before, I've used prep dish and found it really does cut down, especially on your prep time during the week. So when you get home from work and you're like, oh, maybe we should just order a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> you already have stuff ready to go. So that's kind of nice as mm-hmm. well. Um, so... It, it really is a good time saver, and even though you are paying someone for the meal planning service, it, I think, outweighs the cost of it. I did the math, and I think it comes down to, like, less than $3 a week. Yes. So you can pick a monthly subscription, so just to try it out, and that's $14 a month. You can do a whole subscription for a year at $99, or the premium subscription, which is what I did, which was $149. And that gives you access to past month's menus as well. So if you're not really jazzed about one, you could go back and look at another month and pick out a different menu that you like. Cool. Yeah. Um, and it's healthy and nutritious. It's either it's that you can either pick the gluten-free option or the paleo option. And we don't follow either of those regularly, but we have found that the meals are still tasty and fit with what we're willing and wanting to eat. Yeah, so uh, a recent menu included Greek chicken salad, salmon over sautéed spinach with mushrooms and feta. That sounds really good. Mm -hmm. And Asian turkey lettuce wraps. Mm. That sounds really good for right now. Yeah, totally. You can imagine sitting outside. Mm. Yeah. Glass of wine. Oh, yeah. Turkey wrap. Turkey wraps. Yep, 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 yep. All right, so... um, can't say enough about prep dish they are lovely visit our show notes we will have a link there you can uh click through to try it out for free for two weeks and um again we as affiliates if you do join we get a little bit of money from it so we thank you in advance if you decide to try it out okay so now hotel at the corner of bitter and sweet by jamie ford my pick yep okay so I picked it because, I don't know if we, why did you pick Snowflower on the Secret Fan? Because it got really high reviews on Goodreads. <laughs> this is literally what I do. I look at the genre we're reading, uh-huh. I Google it in Goodreads, and then whatever gets four or higher, I pick. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Like, some of them I just pull out of my ass. Like, never heard of it before, but it's got 4.89 stars. So Might like, as well give it a go. Give it a go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's as good as any. <laughs> it's a good way to be exploratory. Yeah. Yeah. I need to be better about writing reviews just in general. I know. Because I feel like I rely on them so much to buy stuff anymore. Yeah. But then I get lazy and I don't write reviews either. Yep. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> sidebar. Um, so I picked this one because I've heard I've been it's been on my radar for a while and it's been on my bookshelf for a while. I think someone gifted me this copy after they were done and they're like, "This is really good. You should read it." And I'm like, "Thanks." Went on my bookshelf and it's probably been <laughs> sitting there for maybe two years. I don't know. 
a while. And I, so I was like, sweet, perfect time to do this one because it's been there forever. Yeah. <laughs> and again, although you wouldn't tell from his name, Jamie Ford actually is uh, mm -hmm. of Asian American heritage. I believe he is. I think he's Japanese. I think he's Japanese. Yeah. 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 His uh, grandpa changed their name. Right. To Ford. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They to be Americanized more American. It. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this one is uh, set in Seattle and it bounces back and forth between 1986, which was a little weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I wasn't born, but I imagine it was weird. Oh, no, you just made me feel old. Okay. Moving <laughs> on. And which was that 1986 was considered modern time. And then 1940s mm -hmm. uh, was where they went back and forth. And so the main character is Henry Lee, who was a child in the 1940s. Uh, his family was Chinese and he Japanese no no Chinese yeah, yeah. sorry um that's important that's I was like no he's Chinese <laughs> yeah Chinese yeah. uh so his family was very conscientious so they were actually immigrants and they were very conscientious about making sure that everyone knew they were Chinese because there was so much animosity towards the Japanese um because this was World War II and of course, uh, Japan was part of the Axis powers. Mm -hmm. um, this was right after Pearl Harbor. And so there was a lot of distrust, especially along the Pacific Coast. And so alluding back to what I said earlier, all along the Pacific Coast, they rounded up everyone of Japanese descent, um, all Japanese nationals, and some people of mistaken identities, and literally put them in essentially prison camps. Um, there was no option. People had to go. It was very harsh living conditions and they were there for quite a while there was actually one in arizona i remember reading an article in arizona highways i think it's out by nevada um huh? and so that's how we got some of and so you know i mean i think that was kind of some forced migration some of the people of asian heritage are in different places around the west because of these camps mm -hmm. they never went back home mm. anyways so Basically, you have the story of him going, he falls in love with a Japanese girl. He's about 13, 14? Yeah. Okay, so early teens, first love. Her and her family end up getting taken away. Um, he works very hard to try and stay in touch and maintain a relationship with her. Even going to a camp with yeah. his jazz player, <laughs> African-American <laughs> friend. I know, right? That was crazy. Chinaman and an oh, African-American on a bus. Old, like, a great that would be so weird. To Idaho, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think Idaho. Yeah. yeah. And so at a certain point, he loses touch with her and... Marries a different woman. Marries a different woman. Which did you did you anticipate that the the girl at the post office was going to be Ethel? No. See, I totally did. Oh yeah, I didn't get that at all. But you knew that was right. Do you knew, you figured? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But when it happened, you weren't like, aha. No. See, yeah. I, I, had, I didn't see that coming at all. Uh, for once, I saw that coming. <laughs> it rarely happens. But and this I time. feel like it, I always see it coming. And this time, I was like, he married the postmail lady. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I think it's because. He kept, they kept calling her a girl, and I was like, they're going to, we have dogs coming in to say hi to us. <laughs> you hear weird noises. They may bark. Who knows? Um, anyway, so now Ethel's dead, um, and Henry has kind of a rough relationship. He had, like, a tough relationship with his father, and then kind of the sons of the 
father repeat with the son. The critical moment is there was this place called the Panama Hotel and they got into, someone just bought it and is renovating it and they got into the basement and they found all these possessions of Japanese mm -hmm. that had been there since the 1940s. Yeah. So slowly the story unfolds uh, both through flashbacks and him talking to his son and he shares his story of his relationship with this. Long story short, and this is actually why I think, I wonder why this is why he picked 1986, because I think this was written way beyond 1986. I'm going to look it up right now. Um, yes, 2009. So I think that one of the realizations mm. I had was that Jamie Ford, is that his name? Yeah, Jamie Ford. He picked this time frame because it was pre-internet and pre-social oh. media. Yeah. Because think about, because they're like, because they were like, yeah, we'd love to know who these people belong, who we'd love for people to come yeah. and pick up their stuff. There would be no good way to do that. Right. Like now you'd post it on Facebook and you'd have 5 million shares and likes right. and you could be in bum, Bumble. Bumblefield Road. <laughs> Bumblefield Road. <laughs> Idaho. And be like, that's my parents, my great, right. great parents stuff. But in 1986, that couldn't happen. Yeah. And so the fact that he, in the end, ends up find well, like just the son finds Ethel, that's really significant. Yeah. Because she's in New York City, right. and, you know, uh, son would have had to do quite a bit of investigative work to find her. Yeah. But I, I kept thinking, why did he pick 1986? And then I started thinking about, yeah, it just would have been so different in how you would share this finding and yeah. try to find these families it would it just wouldn't work the same way that it does right now right um so yeah i mean i think it's interesting i you know both these stories were about two very tight <laughs> friendships yeah. of of young young adults, young adults yeah. um different times and different cultures but but also living up to the expectations of family which yeah. i think is not that shocking. I mean, you often hear, I hate to say stereotype, but you often hear that there's, with Asian Americans or Asian culture, that there is a lot of f familial obligation yeah. and obeying of family and parents. And you definitely, I think, saw that come out in both of these books. Yeah. Um, I know we were actually, this is totally a side mm -hmm. random note. We're watching, uh, my next guest is with David Letterman. Oh. And the episode we just watched was with Malala. Oh yeah. Mamala, uh -huh. right? yeah. Uh -huh. And it's interesting, even though she's like this strong, powerful woman, she said, I want to thank you for allowing me to come on your show. Uh, like there were little things mm -hmm. like that of mm -hmm. women can only be allowed. Like mm -hmm. they don't have the power to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, thank you for allowing me to come on your show. And Chris and I were just like, Huh. It's so ingrained that even though she's this strong, beautiful, confident woman and mm -hmm. she's fighting for women's mm -hmm. education, it's still part of her heritage yeah. of deference yeah, to you men and are, adults. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was, so I think it's everywhere really. It's sure. just a matter of but, how extensive it is. And I think in Asian countries it is pretty extensive. Like there's different leagues of marriage, like mm -hmm. same with India, like mm -hmm. you based on where you're born, you may mm -hmm. only be able to marry this person and you can't mm -hmm. go lower. And if you go lower, then your family disowns you and you all sorts of things. Yeah. 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 Um, was Ethel white? No, she was Asian. Was she? She was, she was Chinese. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They never really talked about that. Yeah. I think she just like, cause Ethel like just kind of sounds like a, 
Well, mm. but I mean, Henry. Right. He, yeah. That's true. But it was very well known that he was mm-hmm. Chinese. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think, um, I, I liked it. I didn't love it. And I don't know what was missing for me. The torture? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, and I, I definitely dog-eared stuff. I don't know that I need to say anything, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I wish... I mean, I, when I, I wasn't sad when it ended, I guess. And I, you know, and I think it's interesting because part of it too is, is I've read some new releases that just came out that have been like totally rocking my world. Uh-huh. And so I don't know if these just felt kind of meh because right. they didn't strike the same chord that some of these other books did. If yeah. maybe at a different time, I would have enjoyed it more because I really wanted to read more about it. I mean, I, um, I liked the idea of the setting and I wanted to learn more about kind of the attitude towards Japanese during this time. Right. And, um, you know, the, the jazz club part was interesting with the record yeah, and all of that. I mean, there was, it had all the pieces. It just didn't quite come together for me. Hmm. I, I mean, would, I wouldn't not recommend it to someone, but I wouldn't be like, oh my God, you have to read this book right now. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't do that either. I mean, I thought it was a good read and mm-hmm. it, I read it pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't one of those reads so that I finished and was like gushing about. Right. It and wasn't. I've, and I feel like one of us, oops, I feel like one of us, or maybe both of us posted this on Instagram while we were reading it, mm. and other people were like, oh my god, I bawled with that book. Like, there was high, This was my favorite book! So, I feel like there was high emotions around this book when we shared we were reading it, but I don't know, it just didn't quite yeah. register for I me. I didn't get it for either, really. I mean, I rated your book higher than I rated sarah lee's lisa lee's book lisa sees <laughs> jesus <laughs> who am i oh what am God. i doing here lisa we're so uh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's wednesday night it's like my bedtime right right um, yeah we've been going all day people sorry it's yeah you know i i just don't i i don't know if i'd even recommend these books oh see, like they re- didn't leave an impact uh Okay. So I would definitely, I think, uh, it would depend on, I, probably I would kind of pick around at what someone was looking for. I would definitely recommend both of them. Um, and I would say I, I still, I, I still really enjoy Snowflower quite a bit. So, yeah. Sorry about the dogs barking people. It's one of those nights. They just want to participate too. They have an opinion about the books as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. right. Well, the dogs are getting restless, um, so maybe that's a sign that it's time for us to wrap up. And <laughs> pixie knocks over oh the table. Oh my gosh! So speaking of dogs, <laughs> what's our next genre, Corey? Oh, so we're going in a different direction, and we are going to talk about underdogs yeah. in literature. And um, if you're not sure what that means, then you should just turn tune in and find out. But to give you a hint, what was your pick, pick, Kiri? My pick was The Boys in the Boat, Nine Americans, and their epic quest for gold at the 1936 Berlin Olympics by Daniel James Brown. Nice. And I picked Seabiscuit, an American legend by Laura Hildenbrand, because the derby is right around the corner. It's in like three weeks, and... (laughs) I I would not have ever made that association. 
and, and you know, um, yeah, well, see the skit as a triple crown winner. Oh, I don't know what that means. Oh, so there's three horse races that are considered the creme de la creme. Uh-huh. Starts with the Kentucky Derby. Uh-huh. Then, oh, crap, now. Then it's, oh, oh, no. They Come just, on, Midwestern person. Uh, there's one in, shoot, I, I've, my brain just went completely That's blank. That's fine. But there's three races in a row. Um, it rarely happens that uh, the horse, so basically what happens is once the horse wins the Kentucky Derby, then the challenge is, are they going to win the next two races? Right. And it happens maybe once in a blue moon. Wow. Yeah. I know deal. that she's a really good author because I read yeah. Unbroken. Okay. And it was horribly depressing, but amazing. So I'm looking forward to both of the reads. Yeah, I'm excited to read her book. Um, I've le- read a lot about her. Um, she has some sort of disease. She has like a chronic fatigue syndrome or something like that. Um, but yeah, she is a pretty great author too. So yeah. Cool. Cool. So stay tuned in a few weeks. Yeah. And, uh, we'll be back and we'll talk soon. All right. Have a good one. (laughs) Bye guys. Bye. Hey book friends. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter. 